What's up, everyone? We're back for some post-game Locked On Bucks. And Milwaukee snap a two-game losing streak. I think two is a streak. Maybe three is a streak. I'm not sure. But anyway, they're back on the winner's list. Chris Middleton was back. Drew Holiday was back. Boogie Cousins maybe played his best game as a Milwaukee Buck. Uh, so too, Wes Matthews in this version of his time with the franchise as well. It was an emotional night for him. We'll touch on all of that, including Pat Connaughton. Uh, I thought WWE night was a couple of nights ago, but WWE returned the Fiserv Forum tonight. We'll get into that and more. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me is the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, live from Wisconsin. It's Frank Madden. And uh, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And as always, we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every single day. And I have appreciated over the last few days, everyone listening and hitting us up on Twitter with different players, different random players, uh, the Bucks that you would like to see the Bucks potentially pick up given some of the veterans that are going around. Joe Johnson was getting buckets tonight for the Celtics, or at least he got a bucket. Uh, so it's strange times around the NBA. And Frank, I know you ended up giving away your tickets tonight. I want to come back to that at the end of the show. But this for a random regular season game against the Houston Rockets with no Giannis, I found this game incredibly entertaining. And there were so many little things that happened in this game. I already mentioned uh, in the intro, Boogie Cousins and Wes Matthews played played well. Chris Milton and Drew Holiday were back. Is there anything in particular that you want to start uh, with from this 126-106 win for the Bucks? So, you know, the my broken record thing is, I always say whenever Giannis isn't playing that it just feels like these games are just referendums on three-point shooting. Felt yeah. like that way again tonight. Bucks 17 out of 46. Uh, Rockets hit 13 out of, I forgot what it was, but they were like 28, 29%. So um, obviously the three-point shooting was was a big part of the story. And the Bucks taking care of the ball, five turnovers uh, versus I think 15 for the Rockets. So that obviously was another big factor. But um, you know, last, last time I was on the pod, I was basically sort of like saying like, yeah, I just don't really see it with Boogie, um, in terms of, you know, long-term playoff viability, all that. Um, and I think I also took some, uh, raised some, you know, no concerns, but just sort of reiterated, uh, you know, some of the Thanasis discussion. Hey, at least Boogie Cousins uh, did a really nice job tonight, especially, you know, people might remember, what do you play like four minutes in the first Rockets game a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Alperin Shangun just... Put him in a blender that night. Uh, the 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 youngster who's just a super impressive prospect. I think if you were to you know ask me who who has the most sort of like you know out of young guys has like kind of like Jokic like potential. I don't think Shengun's going to be an MVP, but um, he's just such a talented young big guy. You know, uh, not the most physically impressive guy, but um, super skilled, really good passer. 
Uh, and tonight, 10 points from him on six shots, but minus 23 and four turnovers from Alper and Shangun. Um, and Boogie had 18 and eight on 12 shots. And um, Christian Wood was still getting uh, off a, a bit, pick and rolls. Boogie was not really much of a factor in that regard. But, um, you know, offensively, he looked really comfortable, was making the extra pass and was not just like throwing fastballs at, at Sandro Mamakash Kalashvili's head as he was doing in that Cavaliers game. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, really nice game from from Boogie. And I think, you know, this is this is kind of why you sign him, right, to, to eat these innings, to give you um, – I don't think we – again, 28 minutes is a lot. I'm really curious to see – does he get out of bed uh, tomorrow morning? Not, can he get out of bed tomorrow morning? You know, uh, with a, a back-to-back coming up, I'm I'm very interested to see how they handle that since they've been, you know, kind of shielding him from back-to-backs. But, um, but he was really good tonight. You know, even had um, a, a nice block. Uh, I was kind of waiting if he see if he was going to get postered. I think it was in David Nwaba when uh, drove baseline and uh, and he actually blocked him and then Nwaba got him on the other end as well. But, uh, but yeah, nice nice game from Boogie and I think just. You know, really nice balance. Role players chipping in. Um, I think Chris and and Drew having kind of a slow start. It was like, uh, is this going to be a slog? It felt like it was going to be a slog early when they were down 21-15. But uh, they really turned it on offensively and, you know, 126 offensive rating tonight. Not not that the Rockets are some great defense, but um, slow start. But, but Chris and Drew uh, very much came around. And obviously, those are the guys that you really need to start with when Giannis is out. And then um, other guys you know, kind of, I'd say sort of ate, ate those innings. And um, we're definitely going to need to talk about Wes Matthews because, you know, out of the health and safety protocols and uh, into, uh, uh, a, you know, his by far best game of the season. I looked it up. I think he had three games where he scored more than 16 points uh, in his one season in Milwaukee previously, 16 points on six out of seven tonight, four out of five threes. He had those three threes in short succession in the second quarter that really kind of you know, was was a big part of the Bucks sort of getting some early separation. So very cool to see Wes Matthews, you know, fitting in and seemingly showing no ill effects from from his COVID bout. So just quickly on Boogie, it was interesting. You mentioned the 28 minutes, which I think is very much on the upper end of the scale, but he only had two fouls. And if you remember at the start of this game, you already referenced the last time we played Houston, but he had that kind of absolutely pointless reach-in foul very early in this game. And I was thinking to myself, oh my goodness. He, he, those are the types of fouls that I think he has to be very careful of picking up um, those useless fouls that aren't really achieving anything. Because the other thing that you've noticed with Boogie, he's such a huge man that he's pretty smart, actually. Sometimes his step might be a little bit slow to get to defensive positioning, but the IQ is still there. And because he's so big, he's not really going to get the benefit of the doubt on any of these calls. So he is going to pick up um, the, these fouls. So I thought when he picked up that first foul, it could have been a long night for him, but for him to bounce back, I thought was impressive. And we've seen him before. When he gets down low, he can sort of muscle his way in there and score or draw contact. It's going to be hard to stop him without fouling. So it was cool and to no see And no turnovers. Him. No turnovers no turn- yeah. too, which was obviously different from some of the other games. Yeah, the lack, the, the Rockets' lack of rim protection. Giannis was the the obvious beneficiary of that the last time these teams played. But you could tell Boogie's mindset was, you know, they just don't have anybody that's that's really scaring me trying to trying to get to the rim. And he really, you know, again used used that unique combination of skills and size that he has to to get to the bucket for some and ones and just kind of muscling the ball around the basket, which was nice to see. It was, yeah, I mean, you sort of pointed to it. It almost felt like the perfect Boogie game. Like if you're going to have Boogie Cousins come in and have this type of impact, we know he can still score. I looked it up because I was curious the other night when he was going to start and I was wondering when was the last time Boogie had a really big night? 
uh, I completely forgot. I guess he had 27 points and 18 rebounds for the Rockets early last season. So he can still fill it up if he has one of these nights and he can get to the free throw line a lot. And he, we haven't really seen him hit his threes. But if he if he knocked down a few threes as well, uh, you could see, easily see him having a 20.9, particularly when the team is a little undermanned. As far as Wes Matthews goes, uh, he just wrapped up his postgame uh, media availability and he was super emotional. The halftime interview, I, I think kind of caught everyone off guard including maybe Zora that w- that was sort of conducting the interview but uh, uh, his grandma passed away obviously that's what Zora ended up uh, reporting there was an Instagram post on his social media that I'm sure some Bucks fans would have already seen but clearly there's this is affecting a lot of people around the world when you're in the quarantine and you can't get a chance to see these people and these situations happen so fortunately he did but he was definitely fired up today and I, I tweeted about it during the game but just when you consider where the roster was at, we know they had that that one roster spot, but then Yorgos was there as well. So tonight, it's just, again, reinforcement that you bring in Wes Matthews, you bring in Boogie Cousins, and it's kind of just like a, a flyer. Let's see what we can do. Can these guys stick for the postseason? But that's why having Yorgos on the roster and now replacing him for Wes Matthews and Boogie Cousins just makes perfect sense. You at least know that you have NBA players and now it's about seeing what they can do. But if Wes turns out to be a playoff player, Frank, this is going to be a big bonus. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? It was interesting seeing Wes having that big game juxtaposed against Shemi Ojale coming back um, and returning you know, and playing tonight as well. Um, unfortunately, it was sort of a stock Shemi game as far as his first season has gone in Milwaukee. He did hit 1-3. Um, th- there were a couple of those plays where I think it was like on pick and rolls where you like, maybe one was like going on a closeout, but like he drove to the basket like he was going to really like do something, like he was going to really attack the rim. And I think it's been a couple of years since Shemi dunked in a game. Um, and uh, needless to say, he did not dunk uh, in this game either. <laughs> Uh, but I, I just, for some reason, the image I thought, uh, I thought of when I saw him trying to like drive down the lane and go up was (laughs) that, that video of remember when Steve Ballmer first joined the first bought the Clippers and he, (laughs) and he did the thing where he jumped off a trampoline and like barely dunked. And that was like, my thought was like, oh man, maybe we need to get the the trampoline out for Shemi so he can get up, get up over the rim. Sorry, Shemi, you seem like a lovely guy, but um, but yeah, the the uh, the offensive end is uh is, is continues to be a struggle for Shemi. It's still funny; he was like a scorer in college. I mean, I think he averaged like seventeen or eighteen a game in his last year at SMU. You know, he was a Duke uh, at Duke previously. Um, obviously, this is a guy at some point was you know able to get buckets at a high level at the college at you know at the least the collegiate level, but um, it, it's just man, it's a struggle in the NBA, and you can tell the refs have no. Like they, they're not going to give him the benefit of the doubt when there's contact or anything like that. So interesting. I, I don't want to say like Shemi and, and Wes are just, you know, complete like for likes because Shemi is a, a couple inches taller. Um, he's, he definitely weighs more. He's stronger. He's more used to defending fours than Wes is. Wes, I think is still more of, you know, like a, a wing defender. Right. But um, I think that's one of going to be one of the interesting things to watch here is you know, if, if I'm Wes Matthews and I'm looking at like the rotation, right. And the guys that are, are, are playing, not playing. I mean, let's, let's do the quick math on, on this, on the healthy bucks rotation, right? Let's put aside Brooke Lopez. Cause obviously we don't know where Brooke is, but you know, you look at the, the, the backcourt rotation uh, obviously, you know, you've got, let, let's assume Grayson Allen, who sounds like he had, has still been battling some illness. That's why there were some 
questions why he didn't play tonight. Sounds like he's going to play tomorrow per Bud in the post game, so that's good. Um, but let's assume you know Grayson, Drew, Drew uh, are the starters. Uh, George Hill, you know, obviously, I think you feel what you know. We saw DJ Augustine hitting some shots, but I think we feel pretty good about George Hill as the backup point guard relative to what we saw throughout the course of last season through the kind of ups and downs of the Bucks backup point guard situation. And then we have Dante DiVincenzo, who knock on wood, hopefully we may see as soon as Orlando. So you got a couple guys there, obviously Pat Connaughton. We don't need to talk about Pat. He's been awesome this year. That gives you, you know, three guys right there. And, you know, there's obviously been a lot of discussion around, you know, who are, who who's kind of like that, like third, fourth big, right? Well, Bobby Portis, you know, is, is presumably going to start here until further notice with, with Brooke out once he comes back. So then, you know, Boogie's kind of like the, the backup, the, the third big at this point, um, you know, mom was really the only other guy that that's really available. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, as far as like, there's at least one more kind of wing spot available and we've seen Rodney hood get pretty regular minutes of late. And now we see, you know, Rodney played 22 minutes tonight. He's been solid lately. You know, he obviously started really slowly, but you know, he's been playing uh, better, I would say. And then obviously Wes has now played well. So I, I think it's interesting. I think there is potentially, you know, if it depends if, if Bud is going nine or 10 guys, um, especially during the regular season, but um, it's a really, I think a really interesting situation here because you've got Shemi, you've got Rodney Hood, you've got Wes Matthews, and now Jordan Wara is starting for now. Um, and he continues to be inefficient, but he's at least getting you, you know, filling up the box score a bit, 18 points, nine rebounds tonight, some real highlight plays over the past week, including that terrific step back tonight, but just a really interesting dynamic. I think when you, it feels like there's ultimately going to be like two spots probably. And there's like these four guys kind of all sort of battling between Wes, Rodney, Shemi, and, and Jordan Wara. And I just think, again, over the course of the regular season, you're going to need all those guys because we always have injuries. We have COVID, all this stuff. Um, but it is, it's interesting right now because they're all getting opportunities. And at some point, we hope that they get healthy enough, Dante coming back, Giannis, et cetera. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's good to see some of these guys, especially, obviously, Wara and, and Wes Matthews stepping up here a bit, and even Rodney Hood playing better because um, – there's absolutely minutes for the taking there. And Shemi Ojale is kind of the one guy there that you'd think of as being like a more of a mini four man. Um, but he obviously has probably been the least impressive, especially when you, you know, obviously, especially when you look at like just his real struggles offensively. Yeah. Considering there was no Giannis tonight, no Brook Lopez, no Dante DiVincenzo, which I think if ever, in an absolute perfect world, there's three of your projected starters. It still did feel like the Bucks were able to put out pretty competitive lineups tonight. Uh, but I tell you what, that would make things interesting if you're a fan of uh, the bench players and you're trying to pick which player could really come in and contribute. Uh, you might be into prize picks, which is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players uh, like Wes Matthews, uh, like Jordan Warrow, Boogie Cousins in a perfect world. And uh, it, it has all the props, whether it's points, assists, rebounds, threes made, uh, and so on. So you can pick two to five players and then over and under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Uh, Price Picks also allows mixed sport entries so you could take the over on Aaron Rodgers' uh, yards and you could take the over on Thanasis' fouls perhaps after tonight. So go to Price Picks tonight. Uh, go to PricePicks.com tonight 
or go to your app store and download the app all users that deposit and use the promo code MBA will get a $50 will get $50 free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point that's right all users that deposit and use their promo code NBA will get 50 bucks for free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point prize picks is daily fantasy made easy and uh, if you add 50 bucks in your uh, prize picks account that would give you a solid boost uh, and of course, we know our friends over at Boost. Uh, they, uh, you listen to the podcast for the power of knowledge, but if you switch to, switch to Boost Mobile, uh, you'll have the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too, all the brain power that you get from listening to Locked On Bucks and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks, so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. Uh, switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy, Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com details. All right, I got some trivia for you, Frank. Uh, I know you love trivia. Uh, you mentioned Thanasis. Uh, tough night for him tonight. He fouled out after playing only nine minutes of action. So there's been, he becomes the seventh player in Bucks history to foul out or to pick up six fouls in under 10 minutes of court time. So my question for you, who was the last Milwaukee Buck player to foul out in under 10 minutes now, it's a big man. It happened in the 2000s, and he was a pretty prominent feature of the rotation for a while there on some stinky Bucks team. Um, I mean, my first thought was maybe Dan Godzarich. Oh, that's exactly right. Danny G. By the way... I, I would, uh, I, your, your hint, by the way, your hint is what, what led me to that. The, the prominent on some bad Bucks team, that was like, okay, well, it wasn't like, you know... <laughs> my first thought was like, maybe it was Thanasis did it the last, did it last time as well, yeah. but... Uh, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he was uh, very foul prone, and uh, yeah, he was a starter for a couple of years there. But you know, right before, before Andrew Bogut showed up, and then they paid him anyway, and he stuck around for a few more years. Uh, one of the great YouTube clips: uh, the Bucks playing in their red, their famous red jerseys at Staples Center. Ooh. Dan Gadzarich and Francisco Alson running the fast break. One of the uh, the funnier clips on YouTube. If you're a fan of the Bucks, I'm sure you can go check that out Two, if you it, haven't it, already. It, it, it turns out having two Dutch seven footers is not the the best recipe for an NBA fast break. Who knew? I don't even know who was coaching that. It would have been Skiles, probably Skiles. Just get the rebound and go. We're playing fast tempo offense. Let's go, boys. Let's push it up the floor. Uh, the other man we need to speak about, Pat Connaughton tonight. Uh, he was three for twelve from three. I'm not. I'm not sure where the twelve three point attempts lands in terms of his career high or his his Bucks career high, but he was certainly letting it fly. And no wonder he wasn't able to see straight because he nearly got his head knocked off. And we need to start protecting Pat Connaughton. This man can gets you show hit this? in the head too much. Can, can you show this to the YouTube viewer? Oh. <laughs> I, can show, I can show the live footage of Pat Connaughton. He's got an eye patch. He's missing the front tooth. He's wearing a helmet. He Hard might hat. need to start playing like this, honestly, I swear, because it is, it is starting to get out of control. This, and you haven't way, seen... You hadn't seen this incident, and I wish I had recorded your live reaction as I watched you watch this. It's absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, 
I yeah, I and for those listening rather than being able to watch on YouTube, uh Kane has just done a terrific Photoshop of of Pat's headshot <laughs> here. Um to put an eye patch and uh, I might just leave it missing there. a tooth and just yeah, just he's he's our third man in the booth tonight. And I'm I'm most impressed with how you've gotten this to overlay onto the screen without blocking out the whole the whole screen. So anyway, go to go to Kane's Twitter feed if you want to see this masterpiece uh for yourself if you're not watching on YouTube. Um, but yeah, Kane, you you posted the actual video of uh, of Garrison Matthews, who by the way, Garrison Matthews just does everything violently. I guess he's a former football player. I heard that mentioned on one of the previous broadcasts. The way he shoots is just like very like violent and and just kind of like all over the place. And the way he defends and closes out is very violent. I think. I think he may have had like a play last year when he was on the the Wizards where he. I think it was against like Facundo Campazzo where he just like mauled him on a, on a closeout. Um, I now I want to go look this up, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, like the video, um, no call. And literally he like kicks his leg out after he flies by him and literally back heels, uh, uh Pat clean in the face. I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, if, if I'm Budenholzer, I'm like, screaming for them to at least like look at this as a violent act like i mean obviously it was just an out of control play i don't know that it would have been like if he would have gotten a technical he should have gotten a technical on pure just like control yeah, your goddamn yeah. body grounds like you know i don't know if people play hockey but like in hockey there's the like you know you're you're responsible for your stick if you do a high stick or something like, that. like in basketball you should be responsible for the bottom of your shoe and if your bottom of your shoe like kicks a dude square in the jaw like as he's making a pass call a goddamn foul, do something like that was just outrageous that there was no call on that. And uh, yeah, I mean, and then he, I didn't see the elbow was the elbow, just a, a stock Pat Connaughton takes an elbow type play. Yeah. He was trying to sort of defend from behind and I can't remember. It might've been Augustine, I think, uh, or, or Eric Gordon, I think it was. And he kind of just like, it was just like a back arm and just got him in the face again. And Pat, as we've got very used to, was just shaking his head in disgust at how many times can he possibly get hit in the head. I think he's got a bit of a, a shiner coming through, which is no surprise. I mean, this wasn't just a glancing blow. This was a, a back heel straight to the face, X-Pac, DJ, D-Generation X style, uh, WWE, as I mentioned right off the top. This was, uh, this was pretty brutal. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Wara as well, and I, I do have a question for you about Jordan Wara. Uh, after I mentioned our friends over at True Bill, which is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need once or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks per year with True Bill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. True Bill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and True Bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Don't fall for subscription scans, scams. I always mess that up. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA, and it could save you thousands a year. That's truebill.com slash locked on NBA. I saw a little bit of conversation, and you mentioned the step back. I think you downplayed it a little bit, by the way. Uh, poor old, uh, who was it, Armani Brooks? 
uh, it just got sent into the ether on this step back from uh, Jordan Wara. And by the way, I always find that there must be so much pressure on these players when you're staring down at a guy who's looking up at you from the floor after he's just gone tumbling to the deck and there's all this pressure on you to knock down the three. Shout out to Wara for hitting nothing but net on that triple because that really just tops off the play. Uh, but I saw some people questioning on Twitter whether they liked the fact that he completely mocked Brooks twice in the span of 30 seconds. Do you care about this at all? I mean, it was very funny. It was very funny. I'll say that. Uh, I thought the first one where he kind of like mock stumbled as he was going back down court was, <laughs> was funny. Doing it like right. Because Brooks, yeah. he did the second time he did in it, it was like him. as they were going to like, because literally they had to like Steven Siles had to call a timeout because it was like, too embarrassing basically and the crowd was like too indignant he was like all right let's let's call timeout and the fact that he then did it not really at him but just like right next to him um yeah. i thought it was just like uh jordan like eh, i don't know if you're good enough to to yeah. be doing that and um you know i think uh he he got he got, i mean christian wood just annihilate him on annihilated jordan on a on a an and one dunk out of a pick and roll a little bit later and you know the bucks were up by a fair bit then and would kind of let out a yell but not not really like at um jordan wara but it's kind of like i don't know you could argue both ways right you can argue like hey when you get one of those plays you got to celebrate it and rub it in because you never know when you're going to be on the business end of it coming the other way um but yeah doing the double celebration i feel like double celebration it's like jordan like you're not that good like you know maybe just hold it in a little bit um but uh you know whatever i mean uh it was a fun play. I mean, I think that that had to be the highlight of the game, right? That that play. And uh, I think this was a weird game for Jordan War. I mean, per- perfect summation of Jordan War. He scores 18 points. Whoa, 18 points. And he takes 18 shots. So, you know, and and it felt like it felt like his misses were all just like horrendous misses as well. Either like forced shots that were like, you know, air balls. Um, or he like missed a couple of just like point blank shots. Um, he got blocked a couple times. Uh, it felt like just, you know, absolute like maximum amplitude, Jordan Wara, high highs, low lows. Um, and I don't know. Uh, again, I, I think it's encouraging, obviously. He's, he, he's at least mixing in like, you know, he's out there getting buckets, creating shots, um, you know, at times making some, some solid passes, solid reads. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's still, I'd say a little bit of a roller coaster, but, you know, compared to where he was, you know, two, three weeks ago where it was just, you know, he was literally just in the doghouse, not even playing. And on the few occasions he did play it, it felt like, you know, just, just, he had no rhythm. Obviously he's in a much better place now, but, um, I, again, I, 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 let's not, let's not act like Jordan Wara has, you know, made some undeniable claim for rotation minutes, regardless of, you know, when the bucks get healthy or not. Uh, as I said, I think it's going to be an interesting kind of battle for minutes uh, among those guys that that I mentioned, um, you know, over the course of this, the rest of the season. And, you know, again, like you, you got it. It's a marathon, you know, um, and, you know, Jordan War, like I think a lot of people are probably ready to bury him for, for good uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, kudos to him. You know, he's kind of stuck with it and taking this opportunity reasonably well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we know, we know how Bud is and we know with all these injuries, he'll keep giving guys chances and, you know, unfortunately he hasn't had much choice. You already mentioned it at the start of the podcast. I was just looking at the box score when you said that 18 shots. Cause I was like, wait a second, did he shots 
tonight on the team, and he did. Uh, but there was a pretty good spread tonight. So uh, Drew and Chris took 17 shots, Boogie and uh, Pat had 13. But it is kind of funny. I know there's no Giannis tonight, but this was part of the problem that we, when we spent so much time and Bud was really focusing on what else he can do on the floor, it's also like, well, the beauty of Jordan War or the, the real NBA skill he has is that he can score. So you kind of, if he's out there and not shooting at the same time, then it's just kind of, like, well, what, what what is actually happening? And that's why I do think when everyone comes back and Dante is going to be playing some of those sort of guard slash wing minutes and getting Grayson Allen and maybe Rodney Hood is the guy. Maybe there's like some some end of the rotation minutes and it's either Hood or Jordan War. And as you sort of point to, I, I thought Hood, at least in the last week or so here, has looked like he's had some, some decent contributions. Uh, the only other really thing, unless you have anything else you want to discuss uh, really about this game, Frank, is there anything else you need to throw out? When you, I think just on that, you know, I, Hood has, I mean, Hood has not objectively had not, has not had a good year. I think he came in this game shooting 36% yeah. overall, 30% from, from three. Um, so, but, but Bud has, you know, I mean, he was playing, Bud was playing Hood over Wara, over Wara, um, you know, really throughout the season, right? I mean, obviously Wara had those moments early in the season, but uh, since Hood came back from some of those early injuries, um, Bud's been pretty patient with him. And so, uh, it's, it's an interesting kind of duel there. And, you know, Hood has obviously not played at a high level. He's had some, some more moments of late. I think in general though, I think with, with, with Hood, I mean, Hood's not like known as some good defender or anything like that, but I think he's just, you don't notice him for better or worse as much. And, you know, in the NBA, especially with a coach like Bud, um, I mean, we've seen it even the past week or two when war is playing better that, I mean, he's he's bench war for some questionable decision making or not getting back on defense, things like that. Uh, and uh, you know, I think that's obviously just something that that Hood is is you know he's a vet. He knows better than than to do the things that are clearly gonna you know inspire your coach's ire. So uh, so I let's just say it's it's very possible that you know I I can foresee some frustration as guys come back in rotation if. Rodney Hood continues to eat up some of those, you know, final rotation spot minutes. And if Wara again is a guy that that shifts back into collecting more DNPs, um, that we may see that. But um, you know, we're not we're not out of the woods yet, right? I mean, we still have three guys in protocols. Um, you've got a game tomorrow night, uh, and who knows, right? I think it was good to see Chris Middleton only play 28 minutes tonight, and Drew only play 31 minutes. But um, I, I don't know. I'm, I am curious to see. Uh, did he, I think he said that, I think Bud said that he expects Chris to play on the back to back. So that's, that's a good sign, uh, especially with the Mavs missing Luca and a whole bunch of other guys. Like this is a very winnable game, even without Giannis. Um, but uh, yeah, just kind of interesting. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know how confident I am in the Bucks depth sort of in a playoff sense at this point, um, you know, especially their deep depth. Uh, I think there are minutes to be won uh, among some of these guys on the wing in particular, but um, you know, any, any win without Giannis is a good win to me that they should have won this game just based on the opponent and the fact that it's a home game. But, uh, I think right now it's just, just like most seemingly most teams in the NBA, like you're literally just trying to sort of survive, keep your head above water, not, you know, not drop a bunch of games while you're, while you're injured. And, um, certainly win tonight, have a chance to, to win another one tomorrow. And then obviously you've got a Christmas game against the Celtics in a couple of days that, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be home as well. And the Celtics have already beaten you twice. Looking forward to Christmas day when you've got Chris Milton and Joe Johnson, just uh, backing each other down, working to the mid range and getting buckets. It's going to be awesome. 
to say uh, baby Joe. That was my, that was like, Joe Johnson was like my favorite Chris Middleton comp when Joe, when Chris was like first kind of like really establishing like pre all-star Chris, he was one of my favorite comps for, uh, for, uh, for Chris, Joe Johnson, just because of sort of how smooth he used that size could handle it pass, you know, not spectacular. Um, And Hey, look at there. There he is. Joe Johnson still in the NBA through, through the, the uh the hard the COVID hardship exception that uh obviously none of us wanted this to be a thing, but that's just the way it is right now. It sucks it's the Celtics, but I do hope he sticks in the league because it's fun. It was fun to see him out there. He got a nice ovation and, and got that one bucket as well. Uh make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. If you're into that thing, those guys have you covered each and every day and they'll help you out uh with uh, perhaps some perhaps some tips, some ideas of what you want to be keeping an eye on in the sporting world uh before we wrap this up frank uh you were going to this game you decided not to go to this game obviously you're with family obviously it's a weird time to be in a packed arena and some people uh, may prefer to steer clear of that right now a couple of days before christmas certainly makes sense to me so you gave away these tickets uh very generous and by the way some very nice seats you had here frank so i, I don't know if you have the the twitter handle i don't have it in front of me but a, a very generous a decision by uh, by uh, Santa Santa Madden uh, to to give these tickets away. As again, it's a real YouTube special show. You got to watch this one on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. All sorts of uh, great uh, clip art work by me today. I was really in my element. Yeah, I mean, I've I've just taken an absolute bath on Bucks tickets, both tickets that I've uh, that I've bought and kept, as well as <laughs> tickets that I've bought and sold over the past uh six months or so i mean the game six of the nba finals is still the last bucks game that i've attended so hey it worked out i'm not really complaining in the grand scheme of the universe um i, I think i paid 800 bucks for per, per ticket um and then they went up a lot i bought them after game four um so i could have paid even more but you know i paid just and that was you know quote unquote face value right because the bucks now do kind of this demand-based pricing so um, so yeah, I paid more money to see that game and sat in the worst tickets of my life. Uh, but who cares? We were in the building for game six. I have no complaints. Uh, but then I bought tickets to opening night, um, uh, of, uh, of the season. Cause I had hoped to be able to come back for ring night and then just schedules travel. It just wasn't going to be workable. Um, and so I was, I then like posted those for, I posted those under face value for ring night. And nobody wanted to buy them, so I ended up giving them away to some friends. Um, so that was not a great financial decision by, right, me. by the way. And then, uh, and then, yeah, my um, my dad messaged me a couple months ago, uh, and our neighbor who kind of took over my parents' season tickets a couple of years ago, they were going to be out of town here um, this week, and so they were like, "Oh, do you want you know this game and a Christmas game? You know, let me know." And so, uh, yeah, I mean, these are pretty pretty good seats. I think they're section 104 row five they're not our old we used to have awesome seats these are a little bit angled uh in the lower bowl but i mean it's row five so you're you know you're very close um and so we paid 400 bucks for two tickets to like just face value to to our neighbor uh and then um yeah i mean just in the last 24 hours my wife and i were just like eh like do you want to go down and in the cold in front of all these you know with all these people given just the way our public health situation is right now. We have a, I mean, we have an almost four-year-old getting COVID when you have a, when you're in a household full of your family members over the holidays slash when you have a child that you need to put into daycare, it's not good, Kane, not good. Like maybe if you're single, you know, and it's like, oh, I get COVID. I just stay home from work and hopefully I don't get too sick. 
yeah, your whole life is just like completely upended if if you if you have it this in a in a family. So we were just like, eh, I don't know how I don't you know. And again, I'm not saying it's like that these games are super spreader events. I have no idea. I hope everybody's safe and people aren't getting sick. Um, but we were just like, you know what? No Giannis. Eh, it's cold. We can stay home with family. Maybe we'll just skip this one. And so I, I posted it early in the day to like just see if there was any kind of real sale. But I mean, ticket prices are crap right now because <laughs> these games, like nobody wants to go see the Bucks when they're missing Giannis and a bunch of other dudes. So, um, so yeah, fortunately, my mom before the season was like, let's not have anybody going to Christmas Day games because I want people home for that day. Uh, so that worked out very well because the only thing worse than being stuck with these tickets would have been having stuck with both of these the games tickets and having to get rid of the Christmas Day games too. So, um, yeah, I mean, my dad was a season ticket holder for 25 years. Uh, he is very happy to no longer be sitting on tickets for every game that's you know he's paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars for. I mean, that's just unfortunately the reality of uh, of the NBA and and season tickets uh, at this point. Um, and I, hey, I'm glad that the Bucks are really good and they're NBA champions, and that means that tickets are getting a lot more expensive. Um, but uh, I don't envy people who bought a bunch of tickets, bought season tickets, and they're having to like try to get rid of them on the secondary market because. I mean, understandably, it's between COVID stuff and probably more importantly, just you know, guys being out and all that. It's a it's a it's a tough it's a tough scene right now. But anyway, hopefully, people who did go to the game um, had a good time, and obviously, they got to see a Bucks win. Bill Cruiser and and Ricky Santos, I think, are uh, the two dudes that uh, ended up with the tickets. So shout out to them. They tweeted a picture. Hopefully, they had a good night. At least they got to see a Bucks win and. Uh, by the way, if if not for the fact that when I went to the finals, like there's a there, I think there's still a mask requirement at the at Fiserv, but just like it's just blatantly ignored by like everyone and nobody really does anything about it. So if I thought that like people were going to do that, I probably would have been like a little bit more open to going. But I was just like, eh, it's probably fine. But you know, I enjoy watching the game with Lisa and Marcus and from the comfort of my home. That's also fine. So got to spend a little bit more time with my family. Uh, we got to podcast pretty soon after the game as well. Yeah, so we got to podcast. Exactly. Were you, uh, you were just waiting for me to say that like I did it so that I could more easily podcast and see you earlier, mm-hmm. right? That That's what mm-hmm. that, you were fishing for that. Is that right? I'm Probably, right? Well, we have new protocols now. If you go to a Bucks game live and they win, uh, you're only allowed to podcast crying from the streets of Milwaukee. <laughs> and I didn't and I didn't think you were going to do that tonight after a win against it's the cold. Rockets. So it's, it's too it's, cold. It's, the tears would <laughs> freeze. It's just not good. Yeah. I have to find so that parking really- lot again. One day, one day, Kane, you're going to come back to Milwaukee, and I'll be in Milwaukee. Um, maybe during next year's finals. Let's be optimists, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll take you to the parking lot and show you where we recorded our our game six post game uh, podcast. Uh, and uh, I I will never forget uh, where where I was when we had when we had that podcast. That was the worst audio quality podcast of probably my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, circumstances. And nobody gave a shit about nope. the audio quality for that podcast, <laughs> which is which is the absolute best part about it. Um, I would like to be back for the NBA finals. So the Bucks is, I guess it's up to you guys. You get to hold up your end of the bark and we'll leave it there uh, for today's podcast though. As Frank mentioned, they are in Dallas tomorrow. So 12.30, uh, 12.30 Australian Eastern Daylight Time. I don't know why I was t- saying Australian time. 7.30 Central uh, for you maniacs over there in, uh, in Milwaukee. Uh, the the re- the revenge game potentially for Jason Kidd. So we'll see how this pans out. As Frank mentioned, there's a bunch of guys that aren't playing, but we'll be back after the game. So for myself, 
for Frank, for Pat Connaughton. We'll speak to you guys after the game. <laughs>